So we want to continue our conversation about life with Jesus. And Chantelle began this journey just three weeks ago, and she began using and quoting from the book of Joel, a really, really well-known three-chapter short book in the Old Testament. Joel was a prophet, and he spoke on behalf of the Lord to God's people. And uh, the verse that that she quoted then and we continue to quote is this. It's Joel 2 and verse 12. Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. And it's a question that we've been asking of ourselves personally. It's a question that we have been asking corporately together on our Sundays since then. It's a question that I know many of you who are in life groups meeting through the week on Zoom or face-to-face, you've been asking this question uh, together in groups, but also as individually, is what does it mean to return to the Lord? What does that look like? What is it that God is inviting us into in terms of coming before him? And it really has been encouraging hearing loads of feedback from some of the life group leaders, but also conversations that I've been having with many of you in terms of personalizing that and saying, this is what I feel like God's uh, speaking to me and challenging me and encouraging me at this time. And it really does feel like at this moment in time, as a people, as a body, it feels like God is on the move and that he is doing some incredible things. There really seems to be a season of expectancy. Personally, I'm looking forward very much to this evening, gathering with the folks in Carrickfergus to go about our town, to walk from place to place and continue to cry out to God because he is on the move and he's inviting us, his people, into that relationship to partner with him, to seeing the kingdom of heaven come here on earth, that we would see his kingdom here in the lives and hearts of people within our community. Last week, Chantel did a fantastic job just continuing the conversation Um, about what it means to have life with Jesus and she used the passage from Mark chapter 2 to describe and to retell the story of when Jesus healed the paralytic the man who was lowered through the roof of of a home where Jesus was inside it was packed with people as he was teaching and the only way that this man could get close to Jesus was because of the courage and the boldness of his friends who lowered him through the roof. And she told, didn't she, she said about how uh, the man who was the paralytic had to make himself vulnerable. He had to be vulnerable. I mean, there was no escaping it. He was without power in his legs. And he had to be vulnerable to others so that he could invite them into relationship with him so that they could help him. And it's something that I have loved over the last few weeks within my own life group that we've been leading down at the allotment. As we have gathered together, as we've met together, and we've begun to make ourselves vulnerable in sharing the things in our lives. And what vulnerability does is it invites others into relationship with us. And it builds a sense of trust amongst us. And we even coined the phrase just last week, this band of brothers, uh, as we were gathering together. And we just love that. We love the courage and the boldness of which uh, his friends uh, demonstrated. And we love that the fact that they were willing to make a sacrifice. They were sacrificial in their actions. They were willing to look foolish. They were willing to cause a scene. They were willing to 
potentially forego their space in the room to allow and to enable someone else to get close to Jesus. Chantal quoted, she said, putting the needs of others requires sacrifice. And she went on to retell the story from 2 Samuel 24. David wishes to purchase some land from a man called Aronar to build an altar to the Lord so that the plague to the people would be stopped. Aronar said uh, to David, I'm prepared to give you this land. You just take it. You can use it for the Lord. And so just take it and, and build your altar. But David says these words. He says, no, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. And so to this week, I want to continue the story, the conversation of life with Jesus, living a life with Jesus, walking with him, requires sacrifice on our part. And to do that, we're going to skip a few chapters in Mark's Gospel to Mark chapter 8. So if you're uh, tuning in, you want to read along, just get out your Bible or your, your uh, app on your phone. We're in Mark chapter 8, 31 to 37. And we read this. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Jesus is explaining to his disciples and to those who are gathered in the crowd what's going to happen to him in the future. He's telling them that he personally is going to suffer, that he is going to be rejected by the chief, uh, the chief priests, the religious people who are God's special representatives, and that he would be killed. He himself is describing the very fact that he personally is going to sacrifice his very life. And Peter, I just love it. Peter, he is the bold one. He doesn't, you know, hold back and he jumps straight in and he begins to rebuke Jesus. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine in that context? And Jesus is saying these deeply personal things and he's saying, he begins to rebuke Jesus. I just love it because very quickly the, the tide is turned and Jesus takes him aside and begins to rebuke Peter. And he says the strongest words. He says, get behind me, Satan says you do not have in mind the concerns of God but merely human concerns and I kind of feel sorry for Peter as we do for many times when he kind of does the wrong thing or says the wrong thing because Peter's actually acting out of his own human instinct it's like Jesus is my friend he's walked into my life and he's radically changing my life why would you want to do that 
He wants to protect Jesus from harm. He wants to uh, kind of save him and protect him. And that really just is our own humanness, isn't it? And that's where Jesus comes in. He says, you're not thinking clearly. You're not thinking. You don't know the significance of what my Father has for me. There's something way bigger at stake that Jesus needs to go through and that Jesus needs to sacrifice literally himself. And we've said time and time again, haven't we, over these last few weeks and over months and years, that here demonstrated is a kingdom story. It's a kingdom language because God's kingdom very often is so different. It's in opposite forces with the kingdom that we see here on earth. A kingdom message like this insults our human worldly intelligence and thinking. When we begin to consider the word and the meaning of sacrifice, sometimes we could actually kind of tense up because our human instinct doesn't like sacrifice. Sacrifice equals cost. We don't like cost. We like gain and we like comfort and we like security and we like familiarity. But sacrifice and cost, oh. COVID has forced many of us to place uh, to places that have rattled our security, things that we have made in our lives to be secure. COVID has cost us, continues to do so. We continue to live in this world of uncertainty. We just don't know how it's all going to pan out. It has meant that we've had to face up to cost. And it's no wonder, it's no surprise that actually during this period, many of us have actually gone to the opposite of cost and we've gone to comfort. It's very easy to do that. We go from cost of, oh, this is, oh, I just don't like this. I don't like the fact that my, uh, my daily routine has been disruptive. I'm confined to my own home. And so people go from that to comfort. And so it's no wonder that uh, just, just things like excessive drinking, excessive eating has taken place. It's no wonder that binge watching of, of all manner of different TV programs has, 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 uh, has been happening. And, uh, and it, it kind of, that's what we do. That's naturally in our humanness that we go to. And yet to be a follower of Jesus, to live like Jesus requires us to live lives that are sacrificial. Jesus says to his disciples and those listening, and those listening today, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. These are some of the most challenging words that Jesus ever spoke. Remember the word disciple, uh, it's likened to an apprentice. If those who want to apprentice and become like me, Jesus is saying, must take up their cross and follow me. It's really, really challenging. But it's the next words I really want us to focus on. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Just love this. It's just kingdom language. It insults our worldly language. It's like, what? We want to save our own lives. We're going to do this. We're going to do that to make our life safe and isn't that what we do and jesus is saying if you want to do that you want to practice all the things that's going to make you revolve your whole life around you you're going to lose it 
But if you're prepared to give yourself away for the sake of me and for the sake of the gospel, then you're going to gain life. You're going to find life. And ultimately, the translation of this is about giving our hearts to Jesus. It's about having relationship with him and giving our yes to him and saying, yes, God, I'm making a rick of life and I'm just inviting you to come and live in my life. I want to choose to follow you, to be a disciple, to be an apprentice, change my life from the inside out. And as a result, we gain eternal life with him forever and ever. And that's wonderful. And that's the, the whole meaning of the translation of what Jesus is saying here. But there's a kingdom dynamic in the here and the now. As we begin to live in a sacrificial way, as we begin to live uh, in a way that is losing our life, we actually gain life. If you want to save your life, you need to lose it. How many people here on earth, we're building our own wee kingdoms, making life safe, seeking to control every eventuality, eliminating risk and fear, earning more than enough, gaining more and more stuff that we think will give us life and will give us happiness and contentment and purpose and security and meaning. When looking after ourselves, what we do is we create our own kingdoms where we're the king or the queen. And we realize over time that actually we're pretty miserable. Why? Because we've made our own lives, trying to save our lives, trying to make it nice, all about us. And it's not about us. You see, it's about him. And because we're made in his image, we are called to display the likeness of God. And at the very heart of who God is, he's about sacrifice. He's about giving of himself to us. God's personality, he gives of himself and we're made in his image and he invites us and is calling us to live like him. And that's to live beyond ourselves. What I love so much about Diane's story there is she immediately began to think of others. And she's like, who are the, who are the closest in need? It's the old dear, it's the old lady, it's the old gentleman across the road from where she lived. And she made extra food and she went and gave it. That's the heart of who God is. And as we give of ourselves to him, he very quickly then turns our gaze off of ourselves and places it onto others. Secondly, whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. It doesn't really kind of make sense in our earthly intelligence and interpretation. But you do gain life as you give it away. As we give of ourselves, we actually get more. It's, it's just what happens. I was talking with a friend of mine in the week just past, someone who's not a Christian. In fact, he said to me, I'm not religious. And I was kind of thinking, well, that's good because neither am I. But anyway, he says to me, I, I'm not religious like you, uh, but you know, I have learned and I've gained the understanding over years that I just love to give away. This man is incredibly generous with his time. He's incredibly generous with his resources as well. And he himself began unpacking this thing. He's like, people don't realize how much I get from doing all these kind things. People don't seem to realize that I love it, giving away the things that this gentleman gives away. 
And I'm beginning to smile on the inside and on the outside. And he must be thinking, why is he smiling? This is a bit weird as he's telling me these very words. And I'm smiling. I said to him, I need to stop you there. You've literally just quoted nearly verbatim what Jesus said. It is more blessed. You are more blessed to give than to receive. And I'm not quite sure he really kind of got that or understood those words, but he was saying the very thing that Jesus is saying. Thirdly, sacrifice is worship. If we refer back to the David story that Chantel retold last week, it was worship. It cost him something. It cost David to purchase the land, to build the altar. And sacrifice does equal cost but it's worship we do it with our whole lives like it's one thing to to sing songs of worship to be involved in worship that's just part of worship worship actually is about spending our whole lives on him and we're all called to worship and we're all called to sacrifice in fact we make sacrifices all of the time if you're a parent you are well used to sacrifice and I don't need to outline it. You know it is costly business. Many of us spend uh, our time over and over above our work commitments. And there's a degree of sacrifice that we make. Consider cosmetic surgery. It's costly. C- consider exercise or eating habits. There's a cost. There's a sacrifice involved in those practices. But we do that because of what we gain from it. We do that based upon what we value most. We sacrifice in areas of life that we value most. And it's intrinsically linked with worship. We've said before the word passion means what you're willing to sacrifice or what you're willing to suffer for. And some of you will have watched the film called The Passion or you might have heard of the phrase Uh, the passion play which retells or recounts the 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 crucifixion of christ and the word translated simply means what you're willing to suffer or sacrifice for and the things that we do and the way that we spend our lives are based upon what we value most so if we spend our time and our energy continually trawling through the internet looking for the latest thing that we want to purchase online shopping or going to the shops or whatever. Well, you can see very clearly what you value. If we spend our time and our energy uh, invested in certain areas of our lives, that's what we value. Now, some of those things are good things, and some of those things, are, that's fine. But if it's the amount of time, the amount of energy, the amount of money, the amount of focus that we give those things, and Jesus is inviting us take up our cross and to follow him to give our lives away on behalf of him and on behalf of others the fourth point i want to make is that sacrifice is good for us and it's an invitation to freedom why do you think that god invites us and his people to 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 give to give financially speaking Why did Jesus talk on the matter of money and possessions a quarter of the time of of the words that he spoke that are retold or recounted in the Gospels? Is it because he wants us to feel really awkward? 
Is it because he wants us to feel like, oh, oh goodness, that, that's, I just don't like that. Is it because he's hard up and needs the cash? Clearly not. He knows what's in the heart of mankind. He knows that our desire left to our own devices is for more. He knows that our desire is for security. He knows that our desire to ruin our lives and lose our lives in the pursuit of happiness and contentment through money and possessions is not going to satisfy. And he wants to be our heart's desire. And that's why he invites us to give to him because we give of our whole lives. It's our whole worship. Not just worship with our words, but with our actions as well. And money equals action <laughs> by putting our money where our mouths are. Giving sacrificially to the Lord is an invitation to greater intimacy with him. It's an invitation to greater reliance and trust in him and again right now for many people now and in these next weeks and months there will become a growing dependency and trust in the Lord that God would provide and you know what as we continue to be faithful with the things that he's entrusted us with our personal story is that he continues to be faithful to us and always provides and it's an invitation and it's costly and it's daring and it's oh, sometimes it just doesn't feel nice. But it calls us to greater dependency and relationship with him. Jesus doesn't invite us to give because he's tight or hard up. He invites us to give so that we can be free. All of these things is it's about freedom. He's inviting us into freedom if something has a grip on our lives the possessions money that gives us that sense of security god doesn't want us to be secure in those things he wants us to be secure in him and the best way to to get away from things that have a grip on our hearts and a grip on our lives is to actually act in the opposite manner in the opposite vein and that is to be generous and just give away. So as we come into land this morning, it's an invitation again, is what does it mean to return to the Lord? What does life with Jesus mean to you? What steps of sacrifice is Jesus inviting you into? And folks, this is, this is, a, this is an invitation. It's not a persuasion. This is an invitation to walking life with him. This is an invitation into more of what he has for us. But it's also an invitation into what God is inviting us to go and serve and love and give away to a broken, hurting and in need community around us. So as you've been watching this, perhaps you've been prompted, perhaps you want to um, do the CVC kind thing. Uh, 10 pounds or whatever it is if you haven't already done that and to encourage you that's that's over and above 
what you're already giving to in terms of uh, or your giving. Chantelle, I believe you're loitering. Does that mean you want to come in? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I just, whenever you've been talking, I just was really reminded of our series through the Exodus. And Brian spoke really well about this, about God providing. And I saw this thing on Instagram during the week, and it basically said, God has not forgotten the recipe for manna. Mm. You know, so it when the Israelites were crossing the Red Sea and going to the Promised Land, God provided manna every day, yeah. you know, and Brian spoke about that in that series. And it's like God's not forgotten how to provide. He's not forgotten the recipe for manna. And, you know, I just really trust for those of us that are finding it hard that God will provide, yeah. you know, and to trust him. And for those of us who are okay at the minute, like, everything you're saying you know well how can we bless others who aren't you know how can yeah. we sacrifice to god and his church and to the people around us in this broken world so I just that wee phrase just really got me god has not forgotten the recipe for mama mm. so i just wanted to share that because it really came to me when you were talking there wonderful so great ready to pray why don't you okay lord it just feels like as well as comforting us right now you're really challenging us and lord i just pray that we won't hide from that or run away from that mm. but we'll open our hearts and our minds and our lives and even our wallets and say okay god what does that mean for me what does that look like and lord you're not doing this because as paul said you need it you're doing it because you want us to be free you want us to be able to trust completely without reservation. So Lord, I just pray right now that you'll speak to each one of us wherever we are. And Lord, I thank you that it's not equal amounts, but it's equal sacrifice. I think of the widow's offering, Lord. It's not about how much she gave, Lord. It's about what she gave from. So Lord, we just want to be a people who trust you. We know that you do not forget the recipe for manna. And Lord, we want to be a generous people. So Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to be part of your kingdom story. I thank you that not all of us can make meals, but we can all give towards making meals. So Lord, would you just speak to us today and in the days ahead? Just thank you for your goodness. Lord, as we sang at the very beginning of this service, God, blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful and blessed be your name when we walk through the wilderness. Lord, we choose to worship you whatever season we find ourselves in and we say that we love you, God. And Lord, thank you for all that you're doing in our lives and in our church and in our communities God just bless us tonight as we go out and just walk around and pray for your kingdom to come in Jesus name we pray all these things amen 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 great to see you all